It's time for JT the Brick. Cardinals come in, the classic term, a wounded animal. Last time I went against Arizona, he didn't have Ertz, and he's pretty dynamic. And, you know, even the young kid that stubbed in there, 83, George, I mean, like, I mean, he made some plays the other day. This Cardinal game's a big game. Kingsbury looking at his quarterback going, I don't know. Quarterback looking at his coach going, I don't know. I refuse to, to let my work ethic, my preparation be in question. JT the Brick. The Cardinals are playing for their life right now. It's an important game for both franchises. I think Raider Nation's got to show up big at Allegiant Stadium. It's got to be really strong. Everybody's got to be excited about this game. And what the Raiders need to do, I believe, is they have to start fast. And they got to get Derek Carr going. So to review, get your ass together and get to midseason form on this Cardinal game. And now, here's JT the Brick. Nice job, Bobby, with the open. The Cardinals open. Live imaging as we get going here. JT with you. I didn't know what day it was until I looked at my iPhone. It's Wednesday, September 14th, right in the middle of the week. Welcome to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Quick reminder, we got a live remote on Friday at Cafe Americano at Caesars Palace. A live remote alert. Come on out and see me, Gorilla Rilla, the black hole. Get your juice going. Take off Friday. Take off for lunch. Come down to Caesars, the outside patio, Cafe Americana. Uh, brought to you by Modelo. I will, you, you will actually watch me drink at the end of the show. Never had a sip of alcohol in my life on the air. But afterwards on Friday, I will drink my bucket of Modelo with you out there and uh, hang out with the Raider Nation. So I can't wait to do that. That is this Friday, noon to two, as we open up the show. You know, I was talking to Bobby. Bobby's been with me for 25 years. No, no producer and host have been together as long as Bobby and I here in Vegas, which is good and bad. At times when I drive him crazy, Harry Ruiz sits in. We do some other things here, but Bobby is my right-hand man. And we were talking before the show about what to talk about today, a part of our decision on what we're going to do every day. And it usually takes less than a minute. It's that easy. He knows what I want to do. I know what he wants to do from the night before to today. We got Jim Plunkett on. We have Raider royalty at the bottom of the hour. And I think I'm really looking forward to this interview. In the next 24 hours, I'm interviewing Jim Plunkett and Josh McDaniels. Two important interviews for me that I prep for and I care about. Now, I interview Jim Plunkett all the time. I've only interviewed the head coach a handful of times. But one was for 40 minutes, and last week we almost did 10. But I've never interviewed this new coach after a loss. And that is coming up tomorrow. And we'll have that interview for you exclusively. So what I want to talk to Jim Plunkett about is simply this. Derek threw three interceptions. I don't think they were bad decisions. I think they were bad throws. I'm going to ask Jim Plunkett if he's had games like that, where he thought he was making the right decision and the ball didn't come out right. He didn't have the zip on it. He underthrew it. Let's hear what Jim Plunkett has to say on this. Two-time Super Bowl champion, one of the all-time greats, and we'll get into what happened there. Now, earlier today, I was listening, and Vinny Bonsignor was on the radio, and Vinny pointed out, and Vinny's coming on today. How cool is that? We get Vinny every Wednesday exclusively here. And I didn't realize how bad Colt Miller played or how poor of a game he had or subpar of a game. I knew he didn't play great until I was listening to Vinny and the analysis on that, the right side of the line compared to Colt Miller. It can't happen with Colt Miller again, everybody. Do we all agree? You know, we've been sitting here praising Colt Miller. I haven't said coming into the season, this is his Pro Bowl year. Colt Miller didn't have a good game. Denzel Perryman got hurt. Trayvon Merrick got hurt. Anthony Averitt's on IR. The team went into game one perfect on the injury report. A little bit of Divine Diablo, but nothing serious. They were perfect on the injury report. 
And we praised the Raiders, the coaching staff, and the trainers for how they were able to manage a long preseason, the longest one in the NFL with the Jacksonville game, and how they were able to get healthy through that long, hot, monsoon season here in Vegas. Now the injury report, oh my God, there are a lot of guys who are hurt or banged up. And we'll take a look at the injury report when it comes out, and we'll see how the Raiders will act accordingly. I'm also going to ask Josh McDaniels tomorrow, what is it like to be a head coach of a team when Dave Ziegler's on the phone and he's bringing people in through the front door to try out to be on the practice squad or potentially play? That wasn't something we were expecting a week ago. The roster was set at 53, the practice squad, but then due to the injuries, all of a sudden now we're looking at the Raiders here where they might, it's more the next man up. We all know in the Raider Nation that this team doesn't have a lot of depth to begin with. So, you know, I heard, heard Eddie Borselli on with the morning tailgate, and he made an interesting point. He works for Sirius XM with me, and he said that this is a team one injury away from big problems. And he's kind of right. There's no room for injuries now, especially to the superstar players on this team. So I got a lot on my mind today. I think I'm calm and cool. I think Wednesday, uh, getting back to what Bobby and I were talking about, is what do we want to do all year on Wednesday? Monday, we want to recap the game. This was a loss. Tuesday, we want to start the preview of the opponent. And that's today on Wednesday. We got to really step up with the Cardinals. So I'm a Kyler Murray fan. I think Kyler Murray's really good because he can make every throw. Very similar to Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray could have played baseball. He was a better baseball player than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes did not win the Heisman Trophy. Kyler Murray did. That's a really important award. We have Jim Plunkett coming up in 20 minutes. He won the Heisman Trophy. Kyler Murray's the real deal. He's made every throw in this league. He's played at a very high level. Now he's going through a little bit of adversity out there in Phoenix. Tempe, Scottsdale, it's a big market out there. He's going through a little adversity because the offseason, they embarrassed him. They put a clause in his contract basically saying he needed to study more. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. And Kyler Murray was so pissed off about it that they took it out of the contract because that whole thing was bubbling up to tremendous dysfunction, right? Kyler Murray was embarrassed by that. Steve Kime, the GM, Michael Bidwell, the owner, had to take out that clause, and I call it the video game clause. They had to take out the Kyler Murray video game clause. They put in writing that they know that the quarterback plays video games more than he studies his playbook. So they embarrassed him and put him in the contract, but then they realized that's stupid. Then why sign him? Don't sign him. Let him go. Trade him. Get something for him and go somewhere else. But he's a former number one pick, and he's a unique athlete. So what concerns me about Kyler Murray? Patrick Mahomes. Everybody get what I said? What concerns me about Kyler Murray is that Patrick Mahomes kicks this franchise's ass the majority of the time he plays the Raiders. Patrick Mahomes. Majority of the time Mahomes plays the Raiders, he destroys the Raiders. Well, he just destroyed the Cardinals with five touchdowns. And Kyler Murray is similar to Patrick Mahomes. He's in the conversation. He's not Patrick Mahomes, who's at the top, but Kyler's in the zip code. He's in the conversation. So the same type of quarterback can give the Raiders fits if the Raiders don't have Merrig on the back end, if Jonathan Abram bites on the play action, and we got an injury or two in the secondary. I mean, looking back on this, was it right to get rid of Trayvon Mullen? Now that Anthony Averitt's hurt and is on IR, wouldn't it be nice to have Trayvon Mullen here as a starter or a backup? 
I love Nate Hobbs. And Rocky Asin played better than you think in that last game. So Kyler Murray concerns the hell out of me. Because if Max comes around that corner and misses, and Kyler Murray, as I'm standing up in the studio, dives underneath that sack and looks over to the right, and there's 30 yards of open green grass at Allegiant Stadium, he's going to take it. He's going to tuck and run, and he's a super athlete. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, better than Justin Herbert, better than Derek Carr. So I'm concerned by that. But I think the Raiders have a better roster. I think the Raiders have a better coach. I think the Raiders are playing at home, and I think the Raiders will win the game. I didn't think they'd win the game against the Chargers. I thought I wanted them to win the game. I hope they'd win the game. But the Chargers were the favorite and had an advantage in that game. Now the Raiders have the advantage to go win this game, but they're going to have to do it. Also, the other thing for the Raiders in this game is they got to play with the lead. They have to play with a two-score lead or a 10-point lead. They got to be up. The nightmare scenario would be in this game that there's under four minutes to go, the Raiders punt, and Kyler Murray has the ball. He needs a touchdown to win. I don't want to see that scenario at all. And that's a concern for me because he's so athletic. Now let's get to Derek Carr. You know, from all the years that I've covered Derek Carr, every one of his games, most of the games he plays pretty well. He's a very good quarterback in the league. He has great games. He has good games. He has average games. And he has very few below-average games. We all admit, Derek doesn't, Derek doesn't put up 4,800 yards with a bunch of stinkers there. Now, there are plays and there are things where you question yourself from time to time, but usually in the course of an entire game, Derek will put together a solid game and give his team a chance to win. That was not the case in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Derek Carr threw three interceptions on bad balls from him, and he wasn't mobile. And that's another thing I heard on the morning tailgate today, the analysis of the lack of mobility that he had in that game. So Derek's got to run. He has no choice anymore, everybody. He's a nine-year quarterback, nine years in the league, multiple Pro Bowls. He is athletic. He can run. He's super athletic. He must run. He doesn't have to run like Kyler Murray. They're not going to run sprint options for Derek Carr. But Derek Carr can't sit in the pocket the way he did in Los Angeles. We all agree? Derek Carr at times wanted to do the right thing and wait for Devontae to get open or Renfro to get open. The pocket collapsed. They're called coverage sacks. Los Angeles, the Chargers, did a great job on the back end guarding the Raider receivers. The Raider offensive line was suspect. Derek held on to the ball a little bit too long because they were covered, and it was a coverage sack. Colt Miller got beat up, and I'm being kind with that term beat up by Khalil Mack because I've talked to other people off the record about Colt Miller in that game, and they're not being as kind about Colt Miller's performance. But Colt Miller went up against Khalil Mack in that game in the right side of the offensive line. If it's true that the right side of the offensive line played better than Colt Miller, like I heard on the radio this morning, and I'm going to follow up with Vinny, that's a concern, right? If the young guys like Mumford and Illuminor, who's not young, but the young players, Dylan Parnham, if they turned out to have a better grade than Colt Miller, okay, we got a little bit of a problem here. But I'm pretty confident that Colt Miller will bounce back and have a pretty good game. So what needs to happen in this game? Do you want to run the ball? Well, typically I thought the running game was supposed to be against the Chargers, but they were down 17-3. to And that's where, in my position, hosting the show, I have to dip the show in reality. 
when people are saying, oh, man, JT, they didn't run the ball. They weren't committed to the run. Stop. They were down 17-3 to on the road with Devontae Adams, Waller, and Renfro. They're going to throw it to get back in the game. They're not going to run it. I mean, a lot of games, Josh Jacobs is good for 50 to 60 yards. Josh Jacobs is not a bell cow, 130-yard a game. Guy, he's not Jonathan Taylor. He's not Emmett Smith. He's not Walter Payton. That's why his 50-year option didn't get picked up. He doesn't average 100 yards a game. But he's damn tough. He runs hard. And he does his job. And in that game, reportedly, Josh Jacobs did not do a, a good job or an average job in run blocking protection, or pass blocking protection, excuse me. He didn't have a good game. So these are all things that we're finding out. Who played well? Nate Hobbs played well. Max Crosby had the huge motor. I thought the linebackers did a good job tackling in space. The secondary played reasonably well. The quarterback didn't play well. And Hunter Renthrow didn't have a big game. You know, you could say, did Hunter Renthrow run some routes open and do a good job, or did they key on him? I thought they keyed on Hunter. And I look at all of this, and now we put it to bed, the loss, and we preview Arizona. And we look to hear from you on what needs to happen here, because with all the interviews I have lined up and the shows that we have in the remote, I don't have a ton of time to take calls, but I do now, and I want to know what your concerns are going into Arizona. This isn't sky is falling. Half the league is 0-1. Half the league is 0-1. Denver is a train wreck the way they lost that game in Seattle, right? Cincinnati, Joe Burrow threw four interceptions, and they lost on missing an extra point. Those markets are going through a lot more than the Raiders. The Jets, Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, is now fighting with the media, saying he's keeping receipts of everybody talking crap. Good luck with that. I grew up in New York. Once you start pointing out the media and the people they're accusing you, you're done. You're done. The wolves are at the door. The media are like a bunch of angry wolves. They'll continue to circle and look for another meal. That's not the problem with Josh McDaniels. We're going to take his press conference coming up here momentarily. You hear how calm and cool he is and ready to go. So let's go out to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Here's the head coach of the Raiders. So we're uh, deep into Arizona. Um, this is a uh, really talented football team, um, and then looking into them last, looking at them last year, uh, eight and one on the road. So you know, playing away from their home stadium is something that they uh, were very comfortable doing last year, and uh, had a lot of success doing it. Um, you know, certainly got off to a fast start last year, and. Uh, I know that uh, just much like we did, you know, didn't get off to the start they wanted to last week, but um, they got a they got a lot of explosive elements to their game. Um, it's probably the word that I would use to describe them most uh, in all three phases. Um, and uh, we're hard at work getting getting familiar with these guys in uh, in all those phases. So it'll be a big challenge for us this week. Status report on uh, Trayvon Merrick and Andre James, some of the other guys. That- yeah, uh, no, no reports. Um, they're all obviously working to, you know, try to get, you know, get out there and and see how it goes. Um, I'd say, you know, we'll see how today goes uh, for some of those guys for sure. Um, hopeful that we'll, you know, we'll get a few of those guys, uh, if not most of them, you know, back uh, here soon. But um, they're all they've all been getting treatment here now for 48 hours and. Um, you know, like I said, we'll see how today goes and uh, then try to evaluate it from there. Josh, 
Cardinals defense was really aggressive last week. I think they blitzed on over yep. half of their snaps and played yep. a lot of man coverage. How does it change, or how do you have to prepare for that as an offense? For yeah, they. Uh, I mean, they were one of the top couple blitzing teams uh, in the entire league last year, and then they obviously didn't change their philosophy last week. So, um, you know, they generate – uh, a lot of negative plays, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, uh, create a lot of third and long situations uh, with negative plays, uh, with their blitz packages. Vance has always done a great job of uh, being able to try to attack protections and formations uh, with different pressures that he uses. He has a volume of them that's pretty extensive. So, um, you know, for, for us, we're going to need to do a good job of obviously identifying exactly, you know, wh where they're lined up at. Uh, they got a lot of different personnel groupings that they use uh, and very athletic blitzers, you know, from Simmons to Baker to Collins. I mean, they, they all come, and when they come, they, they're, they're coming fast. So, um, yeah, they, they basically threw the kitchen sink at Kansas City last week. Um, and, again, that's just awareness, communication, pre-snap, and then we got to follow your rules, you know. Um, I, I wouldn't say we've seen every blitz that they have, so we're probably going to get some things that are unique to us, um, and that's that's why we, you know, try to practice, you know, those things over and over again all year long. Because when you face a team like this, it's going to test you um, in that manner. Uh, you're going to need to rely on what you know. You know, you can't always predict where it's coming from. So this will be a big challenge just for our whole overall operation, our communication. Uh, and then our, our ability to, to do our assignments once the ball snapped. So much was made of Derek and Bonte uh, playing at Fresno State. Uh, you, you go quarterback wide receiver against this week that played at Oklahoma together. Yep. You have this throughout the league now, these guys coming back together. Just on your with your two guys, could you tell that kind of cohesiveness? Is that overblown, that connection they have and when they get this far in the league, or do you think there's something to that? I think, you know, I mean, if you spent time with, you know, somebody, um, you know, certainly you, you probably have a comfort level that's and a trust that's been built up over many years, many repetitions. Um, you know, we're trying to do that with, with different groups on our team, you know, right now. Uh, I think every team in the league is doing the same thing. So uh, whether that's, you know, a, a corner and a safety playing together and getting that communication, a receiver and a quarterback, a center and a guard, um, you know, there's an element of trust uh, that you want to have, you know, between two people that are working together. So um, there's no question that Marquise and Kyler, you know, they, 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 they played with each other. They know, you know, there's body language. There's kind of like that unspoken, you know, eye contact, you know, that, that they probably have, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, there's, there's no doubt that that would help. There's no question. Uh, you guys drafted Dylan Parham. You really made it an emphasis that you wanted to work him at all the uh, interior spots. Yep. Uh, was was part of the reason for a situation like this where there's some uncertainty with, with Andre, and do you feel comfortable with him if, if he has to take snaps at center? Yeah, um, this is why we, you know, you have to play him at multiple positions because in our, you know, in our game, there's definitely going to be an element of injury, um, you know, at all positions, but certainly on the offensive line. And so, um, you know, being able to be the next man up, whether that's at guard, center, tackle, what have you, uh, is important. Um, and we've we've always said it, like, the more positions that you can handle, the more value you bring to the team because you can back up other spots. And, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, you don't have a, a backup for every man at the game, you know. So some guys are going to have to back up, you know, two or three spots. And so – um, there's no doubt that uh, he did a good job of really playing multiple three spots really the entire time since he's been here. 
Uh, I think that served him well, not only, you know, to play guard on either side, but, you know, when he's playing guard, he's getting the calls from center so that when he plays center, you know, now he's doing the communicating. So um, it all counts for something, no question. Every rep he's taken has been valuable to him, and uh, I know he'll be ready to go. He, he performed admirably yes, or last week, and uh, whatever role he's going to play this week, I know he'll be ready. Josh, been a lot of talk about the right side of your line, the center, and then Colton, but not a lot about John. When you watched his film and reviewed it, how did you think John Simpson played? I think they, uh, like I said, all of those guys, they played pretty tough inside, um, you know, fought in protection. That's a good pass rush last week, uh, no, no doubt about it. And we found ourselves in a few situations where, you know, it was it was obvious pass, you know. Um, but uh, I thought they all, they all handled themselves uh, very competitively. Uh, there were some little things that we saw that we need to do a little better relative to technique and fundamentals. Uh, when, when we when we do it right, I think we're pretty you know we're, we're pretty consistent. But um, that's what you know that's what our repetitions and our practice you know will be for. And I thought that the film was very valuable to us. You know we saw elements of success when we were doing the things fundamentally the right way, and then when you don't, you know, and you're playing against good teams that try to expose those things, uh, you know, it can be tough. So. Um, I thought John, like I said, I thought he was competitive in there. I thought that whole group was, and uh, we're going to need him to be competitive again this week, for sure. Uh, Anthony ever went down. Uh, you guys went out and brought a couple uh, cornerbacks into the building. Um, is there enough time to get guys like that ready and time to play Sunday? We don't have a choice. So uh, the game's on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, that's just the way it is. Um, you know, we have guys on the roster and have guys on the practice squad, and now we've added a couple new faces here. Um, you know, to, to work in there, and we'll evaluate it as we go through the week. But um, that's that's the way the National Football League is. We'll be ready. You uh, break down, broke down the film and looked at some of the decisions Derek made and sort of was forced to make under pressure. The distribution of passes, are you pleased with it, or are there some changes you'd like to tweak and see? I just want the ball to go where it's supposed to, um, you know, and sometimes the ball, like I said, I've always said this, the defense gets a vote. Um, you know, they can they can they I wish I could tell you exactly where it's going to go on every play, but um, they get a vote, you know, and so they'll have a vote this week, you know, and so um, sometimes uh, the coverage gets, you know, uh, distributed. So it forces the ball to go here and sometimes just the nature of the play. The read is left to right or right to left and they don't take away the first option. So, you know, you go ahead and throw the football there. So, um, you know. We definitely want to try to maintain our balance, but at the same time, I think the most important thing for our quarterbacks and our offense in general is to continue to try to take the positive play that the defense is basically saying, "Hey, go ahead, we're going to give you this," you know, and and we got to we got to make smart decisions. So, um, you know, there's some things we all learned, no question about it, Derek. You know, we 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 talked about a few things the other day uh, that we're going to hopefully be better for this week, um, but. Distribution has a funny way of evening itself out throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, we've, I've, you know, been in games where, you know, they don't take away Randy Moss and the ball goes there 20 times, you know, and then the next week he has three targets, you know. So, like I said, over time, those things tend to, to even themselves out. I know you've been around some, some very good kickers uh, in your day, but Daniel Carlson is, is on kind of like such a run right now. Yep. Uh, what is it as a coach? I know you decided for one game, but. What does it bring to you? Like, how much confidence and comfort does it bring when you're like, hey, just send him out and make the field goal? There's no yeah. thought of like maybe he does or does it. And don't really have to be nervous about it. It's a good feeling, you know. It's a good feeling. I mean, I it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, we're we were fortunate. Dave and I have talked about this since we since we got here. Um, 
you know, our specialists have been phenomenal, you know, and um, when, you know, when that's such a big part of the game, which it is every week, uh, to be able to change field position in the punting game, to be able to convert all your scoring opportunities with your kicker, uh, to, you know, pin, pin people on certain spots, whether it's a kickoff or a punt, uh, there's no doubt that that's an advantage. So, um, you know, didn't think we didn't think we played our our absolute best in general in the kicking game uh, last week, which we'll try to improve on. But Daniel obviously went out there and converted the scoring opportunities and had the big kick there in the third quarter. So um, gives you a lot of comfort and confidence. Uh, and I know our team has a ton of confidence in both those guys. All right, so that's uh, most of Josh McDaniels. Uh, there'll be more cut ups with that you'll hear throughout the day on Raider Nation Radio. Plus my exclusive interview with him tomorrow. Inside the facility, Jim Plunkett coming up in a few minutes. Chris in West Oakland, start us off here on the flagship of the Raiders. What's happening, Chris? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, we got you. Go ahead. Uh, You know, okay, I just want to look back real quick because I didn't uh, didn't get a chance to. Again, sky's not falling. We lost one game on the road to a team that's in the conversation as a legit Super Bowl contender. But what is a little worrisome was my two worries in the offseason, the offensive line and the secondary – I, listen, I'm not blaming Ziegler and McDaniels. You miss on a guy like Leatherwood, that sets your franchise back. Him and Colt Miller were supposed to anchor, be bookend tackles for the next seven or eight years. Now you've got to start that search all over again. Couple that with guys getting, getting hurt. What disappointed me the most in the preseason was that the Raiders didn't have more of a contingency plan for the offensive linemen. Bringing a couple of veterans in in the offseason, now they're trying to scramble on the go, but I still think they have plenty of time to get that right. Defensively, the secondary look. It's the same old story. Uh, number one, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, other than Crosby on a sneak on fourth and one, were pretty much invisible on Sunday. That cannot happen, especially with a secondary that still struggles in pass coverage. And let's go back to the interceptions Derek threw. While they were poor po- throws, JT, every single play, the, other than the Renfro with the interception, the other two, the Charger player tracked the ball, came off of his man because he knew where the football is. I can think of a specific play in the fourth quarter where Jonathan Abram had a ball sail right over his head, could have been an interception, because his head was down looking at the numbers of the tight end out ahead of him. This team has got to start turning the ball over because you know how you, you score 30, 35 points a game? You give your offense a short field once in a while. You can't expect five drives of 75 or 80 yards, and the Raiders, the last five or six years, have been the worst team at giving the ball to the offense in in in, in their own in their own t- in the other team's territory so not to mention Rux Yasin was pretty good Hobbs as great as he was JT three quarters of our starting secondary last year in 19 games together have a grand total of two interceptions if this team doesn't start turning the ball over on defense I don't care what the offense is going to do you can't continually ask the offense to drive the length of the field every single time so going forward this week I'll give my prediction on Friday it's turnovers this team needs to Kyler Murray's got some abilities also shown a proclivity to turn the ball over but you'd make him turn the ball over by pressuring him up front and making him throw the ball faster than he wanted to, which is something Herbert never had to do on Sunday. Thanks, my friend, for letting me talk. I'll give you my prediction for the game on Friday. Yeah, Chris continues to call in on the lack of big plays on defense. He's been doing it for years. And that's why Patrick Graham was brought in, to have a scheme that will be set up to catch the football and intercept it and make big plays. We got Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones didn't have a great game. You tip your hat to the competition. That's a better roster than the Raiders as of today. They did a good job. Khalil Mack 
is better than anybody on the field. He had a big day. You tip your cap against a good player. Derwin James is a really good safety, a lot better than Trayvon Merrick for obvious reasons. And he played a good game. So the Chargers played well. The Raiders could have won the game late. Now the Raiders can't be in a position to win a game late against Kyler Murray. Pick the ball off, put his ass on the ground, physically put your hands on Kyler Murray, shake him like a rag doll, and throw him to the ground. Like Harry did in the black hole back in the day. Bring the dummy in, and they'd smash the dummy up and down in the, in the black hole end zone. Get that kid on the ground. Make him pay if he's going to run. Be physical and make plays. All right, the monologue brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Head on out and go to PT's to watch sports. Half-price drinks from 5 to 7. You're coming home from work or you're in the industry, you're getting home, drive responsibly, Uber, get there, and get the best deal in all of Vegas. One of the all-time greats, our friend Jim Plunkett. And this will be good. This is a quarterback conversation with one of the all-time greats coming up next. Carr claps his hands, now gets the ball, back to pass again, fires towards the end zone, Adams reaches, grabs! Diving grab for his first Raiders touchdown, just inside the pylon. What a throw and catch! The Fresno connection works for the Raiders, and they're back within a score, 24-19 with 4.32 to go here in the fourth. Jason Horowitz on the call, JT back with you, brought to you by Modelo on Raider Nation Radio. One of the all-time greats, the two-time Super Bowl champ, the Super Bowl MVP, the Heisman Trophy winner, and our good friend Jim Plunkett, kind enough to join us. And Jim, Alumni Weekend was great. I got a chance to introduce you on the 50-yard line, and you got a chance to see all your former teammates. How much fun did you have? I had a great time. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, we, we did a, a lot of good things back uh, in those days, and uh, to win two Super Bowls after you know struggling my first seven years in the league, uh, you know, it was quite an opportunity for me. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to all the guys I played with, uh, both offensively and defensively. And, uh, you know, we, we did a lot of good things. And I was really excited to be there with them. Nicely said. Jim, what is it like when you turn your head at one of those functions and there's not five guys, but there's 250? I mean, your head was on the swivel the entire week. And there were a lot of people that you had to communicate and talk with, friends and former teammates. That's a big volume of memories, huh? It certainly was. You know, Mark Davis is carrying on his father's tradition is bringing in as many former players as, as possible at any given time. Uh, uh, and every now and then he brings a big reunion like he did there, although never that big. But, uh, you know, it was certainly a great time, uh, you know, telling lives how great, about how great it used to be. Uh, we had a lot of fun. There was no doubt about it. Uh, Jim Plunkett's our guest. So a couple of big topics I want to talk to you about. Coming off the Raider loss, the fact that Derek didn't play in the preseason and your career playing in the preseason or lack of playing in the preseason in that first game and trying to get that rhythm. What did you notice about Derek and some of the misses and the interceptions and going back to your career when you got enough work in the preseason to have a rhythm coming into the regular season? Well, you know, the Chargers are a very good football team. I you know, had a lot to deal with. Uh, they have a good offense. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I thought the defense hung in there. Uh, extremely tough, uh, you know. Uh, you know, three interceptions by Derek doesn't happen very often. 
Uh, they had a tough time getting going. They had some opportunities down around the inside the 20 and inside the uh, five yard line and just couldn't capitalize on it. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was you know, obviously a tough battle. They had their opportunities, just couldn't come away with the win. Jim, one other big question on that performance, because I thought Derek made good decisions, but he didn't make good throws. And you and all great quarterbacks have been in that position where you lock in, you got a guy open, and physically you don't spin it properly, you don't make the great throw. When that happens, how do you turn it around in preparation the following week and get back in that rhythm? Well, you know, I mean, you're going to have those days. I don't care who you are. You can be Tom Brady or Johnny Unitas. You know, everybody comes across those kinds of days. Uh, and maybe for Derek, that was, that was the case. But you got to give credit to, to the Chargers and putting pressure on Derek and, and mixing up the defenses. Uh, you know, that's all part of the game. But, you know, I expect Derek to bounce back, bounce back strong. They're playing a good football team in, in the Cardinals, uh, a good offense in particular. Uh, and, you know, he, he will make his adjustments, uh, and he will concentrate on getting the ball to the right guy at the right time, uh, read the defense carefully, uh, you know, doing some audibles that uh, hopefully they can take advantage of and, and moving down down the field and getting in the end zone. Jim Blunkett's our guest. Jim, when it comes to pass protection, so leaving in a tight end to chip or a running back to chip, Raiders missed a couple of those assignments, especially with their backs. Colt Miller struggled a bit. And then they had this offensive line rotation that they played seven guys. And I think I know why. The coach explained it at length. But that's something typically that didn't happen in your era. You started with the five offensive linemen. And unless some guy got burned badly, he would play the game or you'd sub him out. Was that different for you to watch that substitution pattern on the offensive line? Or is that just a new era of football and they're trying to figure out who to play? Uh, well, it could be a new era of football. I'm, I'm not really you know, sold on that. You know, you want to go with the, you know, the five guys uh, that you feel are going to, you know, handle, you know, most situations uh, uh, the way they were instructed to all week long in preparation for the game. Uh, you know, and sometimes you're going to have breakdowns. Sometimes some guy just gets beat by another guy you know, on a consistent basis. And, 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 and once in a while you do have to make a change, but, you know, you like that stability. You like those five guys playing together, learning from one another, uh, when to slide, when not to slide, uh, when to help out your uh, your tackle, per se, if you're an uncovered lineman. Uh, you know, those things, you know, they'll get better as, as the season goes on. I'm, I'm very confident in that. Wrapping it up with Jim Plunkett, you know, last year Darren Waller had a game. He was targeted 19 times. Devontae had all those targets and catches in week one you had the great todd christensen you had cliff branch all the great receivers you had jim would you ever sit in your locker back in the day after a big game and a big performance with one particular player and be questioned about a player getting too many targets because that happens now i don't remember that happening in your era uh you know i i don't recall that ever happening you know uh and, you know, you want to give everybody a chance to catch the football, make them feel a part of the game. But, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. Maybe they're double covered or maybe they're just not getting open or you're not looking his way. Uh, but you want to, you know, you want to spread the ball around, keep that defense off balance. Uh, when they double cover one guy, you go to another, uh, those kinds of things. But, you know, uh, you know, you're all playing together. You're trying to make, uh, uh, get across that goal line, put up some points on the board. Uh, you know, and sometimes you don't get many catches, but, you know, during the course of the season, you know, it'll, it'll pretty much even out. Obviously, there's going to be some guys who are just better than others in, in, in being able to get open and catch the football. You know, that's just the nature of the game. But when you have a lot of guys who are all very, very capable, it's hard to make everybody happy in any given yeah. game. Hey, Jim, you threw some of the greatest screen passes in Raider history and short passes and to backs that were open, Kenny King, 
Marcus Allen. Can you share with me, Marcus, and when the pass rush was so enormous from another team, but you had Marcus out of the backfield catching the ball and leading him. What a joy that must have been to you to get the ball out to some of the backs that you had and you were blessed with who would catch it and make people miss. Yeah, you know, Marcus was an exceptional uh, player. There's no question about it. Uh, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, you throw him a three-yard pass and it turns into a 20-yard pass. Uh, he's not only big and strong and can break tackles, he's got the greatest moves down the field. He's got that hip rotation. He makes people miss. Uh, and, you know, he could have been a tight end probably. I don't think there's any question about it with his ability. He was just a great player uh, in all facets of the game. i got to ask you a Kyler Murray question about the Heisman. You're in this unbelievable fraternity, and when you do go back and you've gone back over the years, when you see a kid like Kyler Murray and you stand next to him and you see his size, but then you see him play and you see the film and how explosive he is, outside the pocket what do you think of this young man who's playing in vegas this upcoming weekend and the fact that he's in that heisman fraternity with you well you know you know more power to him you know uh, size doesn't mean everything you know yeah. uh, especially in this day and age when you uh back in the day uh you were more of a pocket kind of guy and as i was and johnny unitas and and uh, bart star you name it it was just a different era uh, now they're, you know, they move the pocket around, uh, both sides of the field, uh, and, and the quarterback is often a runner in today's game. So, you know, he fits into the new style of quarterbacks in the NFL. There's no question about it. And he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, he can make a big, he can throw a 20 yard pass or he can run for 20, uh, 20 yards on occasion. So, you know, he's, he, he's the whole ball of wax, that kid. Absolutely. Jim, I look forward to seeing you at the torch, seeing you at the game. Uh, great interview with you, man. The analysis of Derek and the loss and how to bounce back and do that. Really appreciate it, and we'll see you on Sunday. You bet, JT. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Jim. Jim Plunkett, what an honor it is to talk to one of the Raider royalties. I thought he was really good right there. I mean, he's always good, but, I mean, Jim Plunkett on the screen pass, Jim Plunkett uh, not sold on the seven-man offensive line, different era and some of the misses that Derek had and what it was like playing in his era when you talk about targeting someone too much as I'm a big fan of overthrowing to the greats. Just want to let you know that right now, everybody. I'm a big fan of Aaron Judge hitting 57 home runs, Devontae Adams catching 13 balls. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm not the other guy everyone needs to touch it, make sure everyone's happy. No, no, I'm not that guy. The superstars get the ball. There's only one football on every play, if push comes to shove, I like a 50-50 ball to Waller or Devontae. Okay, I don't love a check down unless it happens. A screen if it's called. Broken pocket, you come out, you hit someone. I'm fine with all of that. I want to win, win, win. But you want to feed Devontae again? I love it. Let Devontae go make plays because no one can guard him. I was at that joint practice against the Patriots. I saw it with my own eyes. I've never seen anything like that before. And I was at practices with Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, Randy Moss, great players. And this was next level. So I know a couple of people are like, well, how are we going to get Hunter involved? Hunter's going to have massive games this year. Massive games because Julian Edelman did. And Wes Welker did. And Amendola did with Josh McDaniels. But... If you recall back then, other than Randy Moss, and, and the Patriots had some good receivers, really good receivers, but they weren't at the level of Devontae other than Randy Moss. So, uh, you know, this spread the ball out, get everybody involved. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I have to host the postgame show when they win or lose. I have the stats right in front of me. 
and we're able to look at him pretty quickly to see what happened here. And if you want to hit Waller way too much or Devontae way too much, I'll grab my pom-poms out of my backpack and I'll throw them up in the air. I like that. I want to see the superstars make plays. The coach has got to spread the ball out. The coach has got to tell you everyone's going to get involved. This is a big game. There's no DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt is nowhere near the player he used to be. He's been banged up, but they do have good players. Hollywood Brown can get deep. The team is a little bit banged up. Very important to see the injury report coming up, and we'll see how this plays out. Good opportunity to take your phone calls to the top of the hour next, 702-365-9200. And we are brought to you by Doghouse Saloon. Friday, I'm doing the remote at Cafe Americano. Monday, my first Monday night football appearance over at Doghouse at Resorts World, which is a lot of fun. Great venue if you haven't been there before. If you're looking for a new place, to spread out with your friends and watch Monday Night Football, great entertainment, prizes, raffles, and all that. Over the years, I've been doing some of the biggest Monday Night Football shows in town. Now we're at the biggest and biggest property at Resorts World. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Arizona presents a certain number of things defensively different than what we just faced. That's every week in the NFL. Um, I think at the end of the day, it goes back to following your rules. You know, we, we established some rules, you know, for the offensive line and it's the same thing for the skill guys, right? We think it's going to be one front, it could be something different. You know, we think it's going to be one coverage, it could be something different. But if you follow your rules in that specific route or that pass concept, that protection, then hopefully those eight things are able to carry you through for that series or that game. That is Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator for the Silver and Black. JT, back with you. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate everybody here. Thanks to the local 872 laborers, proud partner of our show, Tommy White, joined us yesterday. Really appreciated that conversation. So the matchup here, you know, we can break down this matchup the rest of the week, and we will. Where's the advantage? Well, the advantage is Arizona in a mobile quarterback, and the advantage for the Raiders is Derek Carr with better weapons. Arizona's got some good weapons, but not at the level of Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller. So Murray could change the entire game by running the ball. Murray can change the entire game on anything third down where he decides to run instead of throwing it. Derry can't do that, nor will he. He will not run on third and eight in a design play or the first read that's not open run. Kyler Murray will wait for every read not to be open and then run and be very productive. So if you're going to the game, come see us at the torch and get ready to see this quarterback run. You're going to walk into the building, into Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, get to your seats, knowing that the quarterback on the other team is chaos, and he's going to run. And last year, we saw Justin Fields in Chicago. We saw Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. And we saw mobile quarterbacks. And you're going to see one late in the year if Trey Lance is playing For the 49ers, there's going to be quarterbacks this year where you go, oh, Patrick Mahomes twice, Kyler Murray once. You know, Tannehill's very athletic. He played multiple positions, wide receiver, but he's at a stage in his career where he's not going to run all the time. And Russell Wilson is going to be on the schedule. Raiders play at Seattle. We know what he can do with his legs. So contain is going to be very important as we open it up here. Passionate Raider, thanks for waiting. You're up next on the Raider flagship. Go ahead. Good afternoon, JT. You know, after, you know, just another day, JT, just sitting at work, you know, when you ain't got nothing but time and your head's just spinning, you're replaying the game over and over again, you know. Another thing that makes us so bitter about this week one loss, you know, we can all spin it however way we want, JT. But but now the Chiefs and Chargers play tomorrow night. 
whoever wins that team has has a has the opportunity to go up 2-0 in mm-hmm. this division. And this division every week is like a playoff week. There's like we we can look at it with these teams JT there's not like we can't just say okay well we can afford to lose this one this week or or we can okay we can kick back this week it's like no man this AFC West is stacked JT in these wins from now if 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 if, if I don't believe that we're going to lose to the Cardinals this week for one JT I believe Chandler's playing his old team again I believe Chandler's going to have a little bit of uh just a little bit of but you know that just a little bit of go to want to get after it man and He's got a little familiarity with, with with the quarterback, and I'm sure he shared it to the rest of the group. And I'm sure that this team wants to come back and get fired up for the first home game in the stadium, JT, and to get at one and one, knowing what it's going to be like if we go down 0-2 in this division, JT, 0-2 in the AFC West. That's why this week one was so important, man. That's why I'm not one of those fans that can sit here and say, oh, well, Derek will be better. No, this was a game he could not afford to lose. So we have to really pay attention, JT. Every week is crucial, man. We cannot kick back and think we can cruise control in this division if we want to get to where we want to get to, man. That's all I got to say, JT. Have a good day, man. Yeah, yeah. There's no one who thinks cruise control in that building. There's no one who's looking at any opponent saying, this is one we're supposed to win. There's no one who makes a living coaching football or in that building say, hey, this is one we got. We're going to win this. Let's look at the next opponent. Every game in the NFL is a meat grinder. Every game in the NFL, a turnover, a tip ball can cost you the game. One mistake could cost you the game. The Raiders made more mistakes than the Chargers in week one, and it cost them. And they have to play clean football. What I love, I don't like, what I love about the Josh McDaniels group, the coaches there, is they have a background in success at the highest level. They're not panicking. They're not going to panic if something bad happens and they hit a rough patch. They have a plan. The plan works. And at times, they're going to put together a really good game plan. They're not going to execute it right, the players. And they're not going to panic. The coaches are going to go right back to a new game plan. The concern I have this week is a big one. It's the health of the team. It's the injury report and who's going to be able to step up and play well. This is not a deep secondary. It's not a deep offensive line. So I want to see Andre James out there. If not, they went out and brought in another center. Anthony Averett was never a guy that I said, look, this is the next Lester Hayes to begin with. Next man up, play. I want to see Nate Hobbs on the outside, Rock Yassin, and I want to see them play a great game against Kyler Murray. What I love about Nate Hobbs is he can peel off a receiver and get to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going to run. And Nate Hobbs has got to be looking at him while he's guarding a man and then take off and, and tackle Kyler Murray. And he's very good at tackling in space. I don't know enough about Rocky Sin to tell you how great of a tackler he is until we see him a couple games live. But I know what Nate Hobbs can do a little bit better than that. The safety play is going to be important. Don't let anybody get behind you. And it's a Derek bounce-back game. You know, Derek bounce-back game. And Derek's got a hell of a team around him. Really good hell of a team around him. But I want to hear about this offensive line. It's not a great offensive line. It's not going to be great on Sunday. Not going to be all of a sudden, as we say, Gene Upshaw and Art Shell ain't walking through that room and, and playing or levels of players like that. These are the guys that they decided to go with. These guys got to get the job done. And Derek's got to play at a really high level. All right, next hour, we got Vinny Bonsignor, who I'm excited to talk about. Vinny had some really good analysis today. And he was at the press conference. We'll go to him. And Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus uh, on all the news this week from Dak Prescott being out. 
a wild game with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, and we'll go around the league with him. A good time to dial up. I'll get you on the other side, 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino, where we host every pregame show on the road.